time is almost up for the U.S. government. Um, the latest I'm seeing out of uh, Washington, the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, uh, is now rushing into a last-ditch plan to try and keep the government temporarily open. But some of the things that he's putting forward in this package, I, I, it doesn't sound like they're even going to get off the ground. Um, they're being demanded by the far, well, or the the farther right, uh, the more right members of his party, um, and they have zero chance, basically, of getting to the democratically held Senate. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it looks like government shutdown will happen tomorrow what does that mean and how does this always happen um and what will be the impact basically what it is is they're out of money is what it comes down to that's that's the way it's always built anyway so it's hard to wrap your head around so let's get some understanding as to what's going on in the u.s yet again with aaron woodrick who is a domestic program director at mcdonald laurier institute uh, aaron thanks so much for being here i really appreciate your time yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. You know, this it really does seem like this is almost a semi-regular story. It happens time and time again. The U.S. government's out of money in a shutdown. Is it, How do they get themselves in this spot over and over again? Yeah, it does feel like a bit of deja vu because it's certainly not the first time in recent history we've seen this. I think the short answer is that, uh, you know, politics in the United States, suffice to say, there's a lot of brinksmanship. Right now, there's not a lot of room for compromise. People talk past each other. People are really kind of living in different worlds, to be honest. And that's led to these kinds of um, un- unthinkable outcomes. I mean, if you went back even 10 or 20 years, the idea that, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans could not find enough common ground to avoid shutting down the government, um, you know, was really unthinkable but today it's par for the course and i think you alluded to part of the problem right now is that uh, is that the republicans leader uh, uh, kevin mccarthy he doesn't have full no. control over his own caucus um so you know even if he has something and he wants to compromise he's got 20 odd uh, members that are just not going to play ball and so that makes it very difficult to reach a compromise and it, it really does look like this time we may actually uh, run this experiment and just see how bad it is yeah it looks like that sort of it seems to be what most people are saying is like they don't see a way out and exit ramp at this point in time. So what happens when we talk about, um, you know, the, the, the government shutdown? What, what specific, mm-hmm. They just don't have money to pay the bills. I mean, explain the mechanics behind what actually will happen this weekend. Yeah, so what happens is it is partly what it sounds like. Part of the U.S. government will just shut down. Workers will go home. Um, there's no money to pay them. Um, I think it's somewhere in the round range of 800,000 to a million, uh, you know, federal government employees. Now, there are essential services that won't shut down. So it's not a complete shutdown, but it is going to cause a lot of disruption for a lot of different things. And, and, and I know that, you know, Canadians are saying, well, how does it affect us? Well, the obvious, the obvious thing would be borders, um, consular services. So if you're looking for a visa or you're trying to get a, a um, you know, a visa to, to live or work in the U.S., um, these things are all going to be disrupted. And of course, the trade issue, right? With the border, um, if, if truckers can't get across the border, if there's problems processing people at the border, that's going to have knock-on effects on on Canada. So it uh, won't be certainly as dramatic as an effect as it would be if you were living in the United States, but as their closest neighbor and biggest trading partner, you know, we're, we're going to feel it too. Yeah, no question. So what is the roadblock here? Like we say, I mean, the, the situation is, I think it's just politics, right? It's, it's I mean, it, it, as you say, there's the warring factions within the Republican Party, and if he can get over that hurdle, he's still got to deal with the Democrats. I mean, what are the major roadblocks as you see it? 
Well, you know, from the from a lot of the Republican side, they think the U.S. government's spending too much money, so they don't want to give a deal to extend funding unless they can get some guarantee that there's going to be less spending. Uh, but the Democrats, of course, don't want that, and so there's 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 not a lot of wiggle room here. Um, you know, I've often been asked, well, how come this doesn't happen in Canada? And part of the reason is that the process for approving these budgets is actually our system is different. We have a parliamentary system, and so things like passing a budget, it's a confidence motion, right? So if you have this kind of brinksmanship in Canada in Parliament, the result is you get an election, right? So mm-hmm. um, you can't have this kind of brinksmanship without an election, and that's what tends to force people to find some kind of compromise or pass a budget. So um, it's a quirk of their system. They have a very decentralized system with a lot of checks and balances, but the result, as you can see, is because there's no real, um, there's no electoral consequence to playing hardball, you're seeing more and more um, uh, politicians in the states willing to do that. What's the timeline here? I think the longest one previously was, what, about 39 days, something like that? And that was during the Trump administration. I mean, what do we know about how long this may go on? Well, it could. I mean, in theory, it can go on indefinitely. But, of course, the longer it goes on and the more it affects Americans, the more they start to get upset. Yeah. Um, that starts to cause political backlash. And I think that's the reason that, um, you know, in some ways, while I think it's disruptive and harmful, it's actually good to have these things happen once in a while because it, it, it will actually attune politicians to the fact that there is a consequence. Maybe right. it's not an election, but it's going to anger your constituents. People are going to be angry with you. And that is, uh, you know, no politician wants that. No, exactly. It forces them to do something, which is exactly what we need. Hi, Aaron, thank you so much for the insight. I appreciate you being here as always.